0: Hello and welcome to Ed Talk. My name is Alex Granados, reporter for Education NC and your host. Today we're speaking with Holly Jones. She's a Democratic candidate for lieutenant governor who has worked as a health educator in Durham County, executive director of the YWCA of Asheville, an Asheville City Councilwoman, and a Buncombe County Commissioner. Holly, welcome.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Uh, the first thing I wanted to start off with is uh, could you just tell me about the last time you visited a public school?
1: Well, that would have been probably a couple of weeks ago when uh, my my daughter is a uh, eighth grader in Asheville Middle School, so. Uh I think it probably was a visiting to pick her up to take her for a doctor's appointment. <laughs> but, but I've been in a lot of different classrooms in Asheville City Schools and Buckham County Schools. That's part of what I try to stay abreast of as a local elected official and understand uh, where where the students are coming from as well as what how the teacher's experience is and uh, I'm in relationship with a lot of the principals, and so um, I'm, I'm a fairly frequent flyer at our, at our local schools in Asheville.
0: Okay, and did you attend public school? I
1: did. I am a proud po- product of public schools from Anson County Schools and also Asheboro City Schools. So I'm a graduate of 1980 Blue Comet. Go, go Asheboro, High.
0: So 6.2% of our students are educated in home schools, Mm -hmm. uh, 5.6% in private schools, Mm -hmm. 3.7% in charter schools, and that leaves about 84.4% of our students being educated in traditional public schools. What do you think of this distribution of our students, and how do you see this market share changing during your time in office?
1: Uh, Well, in terms of how I see the the distribution... um, uh, I mean, I, I okay. The facts are the facts. I, it'd be interesting to understand the trends. I, I my, my guess is that that the the share of the traditional public schools is slowly getting smaller, and the other three sectors are, are probably growing. Um, I, in terms of what happens in the future, I think that's uh, depends a lot on the leadership. Uh, I am a product of public schools, and I do feel like uh, our public school systems are our best. Um, is the fabric of our democracy. And it's where we all come together as a community to uh, be trained and be ready for the workforce and to, to come together to, to solve our community problems. And so, you know, my hope is that fabric will remain uh, together and, and and not unravel. This is part of what I'm concerned about in terms of a lot of uh, dynamics that are that are stretching that fabric of traditional public schools, and um, I think it's important that we recognize the value that is there, and we try to strengthen it as opposed to abandon it.
0: Well, that segues well into my next question, which is, you know, with almost 85% of our students still educated in traditional public schools, what ideas do you have for making sure all of our students have access to a high-quality education in those schools?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, we have to uh, give the, the schools the resources they need. We know that uh, the per-pupil spending has gone down, and this uh, we've got to correct this trend that we, we need more resources in our schools and, and not less. Uh, we need to also... Uh, Change, I believe the, the the grading systems of the schools. This A through F grading system is completely uh, unhelpful and, in I would argue, damaging, particularly to our lowest performing schools uh, that are in fragile communities that are struggling economically. And uh, I know personally from uh, going to a, a school in in Asheville City that is. Doing fabulous things. The teachers are working so hard, and the and the community is engaged and revolved around them, and revolving around this school. And there is so much progress that's being made. That, uh, but because of the way that things are graded and around fundamentally weighted towards one assessment, uh, and not growth, uh, it's 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 very hard for, for for the morale of the school, and it's also hard to continue to recruit good teachers and it's also hard to keep trying to get families to, to, to participate. Actually, uh, the community is doing a, a really good job of telling telling their success story in that particular situation, but um, I, I think that, that this is something that we need to take a really hard look at in terms of f- for the future of public schools uh, because that type of labels doesn't help anybody, and, and, and we need to understand where we need to invest more resources and and identify that and in some ways be really strategic, but it's not through this this grading system. It's a terrible idea and it definitely needs to be revamped.
0: Um, So the Academic Standards Review Commission has been looking at the Common Core State Standards Mm -hmm. and uh, the State Board of Education is going to take up their recommendations and the Lieutenant Governor has a seat on the State Mm -hmm. Board of Education. So I'm curious, how do you plan to lead the conversation about the standards and the need for academic rigor and, and also testing?
1: Well, I think we I think what I think the underlying theme of all that, the, your question has to do a lot with the, how where are what will be the measures of accountability for you know academic achievement and um, in, in, in performance? And I, I mean what how I would lead that conversation and participate in that conversation is to, uh, listen to a lot of different voices. I think, uh, I, I think, everybody's for accountability, but I think that it gets um, it gets too weighted on tests, and we know that there are a lot of other measures to uh, that indicate uh, that can indicate accountability for, for performance that are that are not so uh, heavy handed, particularly on the students that have to take these tests, and this is stressful on the parents, and it's stressful. And it doesn't necessarily measure learning, uh, which is what, what we really want to be understanding. We want, we, want, we want to have schools and classrooms where kids are learning. Uh, and that's... that's so I, I would facilitate a conversation that would really be open to hearing some, from other uh, successful places in the country and in the state that have, have found better better methods. But I think the one we've got right now really kind of needs to go. Um, we need it we need it needs revision.
0: And and what do you say the one are you referring to the testing or to the to the common core standards there?
1: I'm through, I'm referring to the testing. Okay. And so I think the te- I think right now uh, it's another issue with why we get you get back to your first um, demographic of, of the of fewer and fewer folks being in traditional public schools, I think there's a perception that you know, we test our kids to death in traditional public schools, and uh, we we need to take a look at that. And I think, because I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's right, and I don't think that's fair. So, uh, so that's that's what I'm referring to.
0: Okay, and and how about on the issue of Common Core? Because that's obviously. Uh, a hot, very, yeah, hot potato. Yeah, hot yeah. potato. And, hot uh, potato. and uh, you know, and that ties into the need for academic rigor. How would you lead the conversation as we try to find our way through?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's right now it is so um, ripe with strife. The, I think that, I think there's, there's a lot of misconceptions about Common Core out there. I think many people understand Common Core to be equated with a plethora of tests, that uh, and that that everything I've read is is not the case. Uh, that it's it's a, there are standards that we hold up across um, across states to try to make um, uh, have have kids be working on the same things. I was talking to a teacher. Just recently, in one of our lower-performing schools, and she talked about the the transfer of students into her class, and so that's a great example. I mean, we are a very, very mobile society right now, and so having having those types of um, you know kind of basic standards, um, I think I think there's value in that in our society. Uh, that said, uh, I I also I would want to lead a conversation that recognizes that there is a lot of trepidation around Common Core and there's a lot of skepticism around Common Core. And um, you know at this point, I think that we need to build trust with our public and we need to be open to hearing um, those, those concerns. So, uh, I think where we are right now is that we really need to be open-minded and, and find a uh, way forward together. So I, I, I wouldn't necessarily come to the table pro or con, or con, common core, but I would try to ask fair questions and not paint it as some, you know, uh, overtake from the, the big, bad outside place. But I also would want to hear, you know, from local, the, the concerns from the local uh, folks, if there if there are those, I, I, we we've got to have open minds, and we've got we've got to model to our children how how we learn and, and, and receive information and process information and get to a better place and get to a good solution. And so that's that's how I would try to uh, lead that conversation. But you know, let's just be honest. We're you know we're we're starting with several a couple of strikes against Common Core. I mean, it's you know so. Uh, but, but I would hope that, you know, that future leadership would have uh, a, a little bit more um, neutral and, and rational approach to it.
0: So fewer students are enrolling in our state's schools of education, and mm. yet we know that a high-quality teacher is critical to a student's success. What do you plan to do to make sure that we have enough high-quality teachers in the state?
1: This is an alarm bell that should be rung in every school district, and I'm sure they're ringing it across the state. This is a crisis in the making in terms of this, the pipeline for students, uh, for, for teachers, and it starts with not having enough folks enrolling in schools of education. I mean, they're down 30%. It's I mean, this is terrible. I mean, we were we were having problems five years ago before there was the plummet. We were worried, right? And so... Um, I mean first of all I would th- I think we have to uh walk and chew gum at the same time and understand that uh there's not one approach to teacher recruitment. And so I think the the elimination of the teaching fellows was was just one of the most tragic decisions uh you know and it was folks in the legislature that was just trying like well we got surely we got this Teach for America thing, why do we need teaching fellows? And and good grief when you're in a crisis, there are you, you want to do more, not less. And so this was this, this was a fatal mistake and we've got and so I would really work to try to reverse that because we know that those teaching fellows are high quality and they stay. They, the, the data tells us that those folks stay in the schools in, in a higher proportion. So um, that, that would be one thing that I, that I would want to think about in terms of the pipeline. But, gosh, we have got to change how we're talking about public education in this state. We've got to, we have got to uh, improve the compensation. Uh, I know there's been some beginning steps, but we are so far behind, and, and we have to not try to spin numbers in a way that makes it seem like everything's okay because things are not okay. Things are not okay. Uh, and it, it kind of feels like, you know, the, a system is being set up to fail. So I would also advocate strongly um for us to have a, a pipeline of 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 students of, of students that will take the education route that they've got to know that they're going to be respected they've got to know that they're going to be compensated having programs that will that will build the strongest teachers is really critical and then and hopefully we'll start seeing some revisions in in the way that we operate in schools and it will be A atmosphere, a working atmosphere, that will be more attractive to participate in. My mom was a teacher for 32 years, and and I loved the collegiality that, you know, she had with her, her friends and how they were, you know, a department and a team, and they worked together. And so, you know, we've got these odd, you know, frameworks now that we're setting up performance standards that basically are kind of, you know, pitting, they're not understanding the collective of of teaching, and I, I would I would do away with that as well. <laughs> I mean, have a conversation about that not being not being a positive thing for teachers. So, we I think to really re- turn the the tide in that that lack of people entering the education field, we got to do. it. It's not a one trick pony. We got to do a lot. I mean, I, I started I led with teaching fellows, and I think that's important. But uh, that that's not going to fix it in and of itself. I think we need to do it. It'll help, but we also need to address the salaries, the benefits. That's another whole thing that I think we're, that as, as the benefits are slowly being eroded away, they've, you know, they, they, the, the current legislature seems to take away one thing each year, and that's going to that's gonna hurt recruitment, and that's going to hurt retention, and we are going to be more and more, our state, if we don't watch it, is going to be a training ground for, for teachers and then other states are going to pick them up and and we're just going to continue to have uh be the place where for where teachers are trained and not retained
0: so as our students graduate and go on to become become tomorrow's leaders Mm -hmm. we want them to choose to call north carolina home Mm -hmm. do you think today's students have hope for their future in north carolina
1: I think that is a fascinating question, and I am a very optimistic person, and I love my state. I was born here and will be buried here. And so I hope that the future generation loves this state and want, and is dedicated to this state as I am. So um, my I, I'm going to say that they're hopeful because I want them to be hopeful. Uh, but it's our responsibility to to light that hope and for them to be able to see uh, that that we that we value their contributions and that and that there's 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 reasons to to be educated here and to stay here and to invest here and to build their community build their communities up uh, so um, I think that's an equ you know the next time I go into a public school I'm gonna ask kids that about like are they hopeful because I haven't directly and I think I've I've learned over the years to not assume what uh, what other people are are thinking so I um, I, I'm going to answer in a hopeful way but uh, I think we need to go straight to the source and ask the students what their what their perspectives are and but I do want to build I want to be a leader that builds a state uh, that that the students do want to stay in.
0: So are there things related to education in North Carolina that keep you up at night?
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, I, I mean, first of all, I'm in this race because of the dismantling of the public education system. I feel like we are under siege. And, you know, kind of going back, I have a deep investment in North Carolina because North Carolina has made a deep investment in me. And so when I see, you know, public tax dollars being siphoned off for for vouchers being siphoned off for you know unvetted programs like you know online charter schools that just the lack of accountability for the public tax dollars keeps me awake also what we've talked about the grading system that keeps me awake my i have so many friends that are teachers they love their students, they love their profession, they're called they're called to teach. And we're asking so much of them and and it breaks my heart to see what they what they struggle with. I mean they they work in classrooms with such um, fragile beings sometimes. And so in addition to having to, to teach and to teach everybody and to, to care for these for these little ones many times. They're also just under siege with with requirements and tests and papers. And it's just so that that's it's very personal to me, frankly, and, and we and we can change it. I mean, we can make it better. We really can. And I, I am determined to be part of the the, the better the, the better approach.
0: Well, Holly, thanks so much for talking with me today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. And thanks for all, all the good information that y'all put out uh, for, for folks to learn from like me.
0: Holly Jones is a Democratic candidate for Lieutenant Governor. She's worked as a health educator in Durham County, Executive Director of the YWCA of Asheville, an Asheville City Councilwoman, and a Buncombe County Commissioner. I'm Alex Granados, reporter for Education NC, and you've been listening to Ed Talk.